0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to this week's Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court and today the title of our podcast is The Most Surprising Things About Being a Porn Star According to a Porn Star. Porn stars have it made. On the surface, having sex with beautiful people for money sounds like a no-brainer fun career. But while it can be a dream, not enough people put emphasis on the job part. This week I'll be talking to actor Miles Stryker, one of the most famous guys in the adult fetish and kink scene right now. Miles is not only a major awards nominee for various federal roles he's done, including the West Coast and, the La- and Las Vegas, and by the way, he just won Best Male Webcam, Webcam Performer in 2019. He'll tell us all about that. He's also known for his in-your-face verbal dominance in straight and gay humiliation and dominant scenes. A very nice guy, but being a method actor means he actually becomes the role with very little direction needed. Whether he's role playing a cop arresting someone for speeding, putting his feet in someone's face and then or then shrinking him down to nothing, also known as macrophilia, which is a fascination with or a sexual fantasy involving giants. It's typically a male fantasy with male with the male playing the smaller part entering um being dominated or being eaten by a larger woman or man but what's really what what's it really like being a porn star this week's podcast is all about getting down to the nitty-gritty of the porn industry and asking miles to give the lowdown on getting down for the camera all right hi miles welcome to the show how are you doing good is that a good introduction for you
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that pretty much works. I mean, I also do, I mean, I have 12 websites. I mean, you really, the introduction would be forever cause I do over 250 fetishes.
1: I know I saw that we didn't know what to do. So we just did the, those. Um, but so maybe we could start with what got you into doing all this?
0: Um, well, basically, I mean, I would say that, uh, I, when I, when I got home from Iraq, I, uh, I had a lot of issues like most of that to do. And, uh, well, I found BDSM. I went to uh I went to a dungeon club and I got the uh, I got whipped for the first time. And next thing you know, I found uh comfort in it and it was uh it was a way to actually it became my new therapy. And BDSM and I studied, I learned, got into it. 10 years later, I go into the, actually the same event that I just left, fetish con. I see a whole bunch of people doing things, uh, and I kind of really realized that, you know, I've been doing this for like 10 years, uh, I'm pretty good at it, and I kind of want to walk a red carpet. So uh, I was like, I'll just do this, didn't think it would go anywhere, and now here I am.
1: So it like became natural for you, a natural progression?
0: Oh yeah, exactly. It was like, you know, um, one of the beautiful things is that how I got started, like I never had an in, I never had a... Or, uh, a porn star girlfriend to get me in. I just kind of was like, "Here I am," and uh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. I used to do this thing on a radio station. Try it was try to figure out what I wouldn't do.
1: So I can just um, see people listening and thinking to themselves. Well, he came back from Iraq. He was a vet. Um, that caused him to get into BDSM. Is that true, or were you into it before?
0: Yeah. No, no. Before I was always, I was always a little just different, you know, I, 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 I would sit around and I would study things and look at things and, but I never really explored it. And I joined the military right at 18. And I always remember when I got stationed in Hawaii, they said, there's a club here called the dungeon. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> and then they go, and they go, but none of you are allowed to go there. And I'm like, Oh, and then they're like, and everybody laughs and they're like, don't laugh too hard because there's someone in that crowd that is dying to go. And I went, you me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and, and you went, right? So I had to wait. Well, no, I had to wait until I was out of the army to go because they had spies in there. They had oh. literal, literal uh, uh, military MPs that would go there to look for our military haircuts to catch you.
1: Oh, wow. So I had to
0: go all the way through the military with the itch. And then finally when I was out and I was going through my issues, I was homeless, I was getting into fights, I couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong with me. Uh, finally I was like, you know what, hey, the army can't tell me no anymore, so I went to Detroit and went to my first uh, dungeon party.
1: Oh, you did that here in Detroit? I didn't know that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, was, I, I grew up in Michigan.
1: Oh, that's right, that's right. I forgot about that. You grew up here, so then you, were, you were here and you went to your first dungeon party and you enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I I walked in, uh, I I started getting, uh, I started getting known as, you know, my real name, that guy, because I would go to these dungeon parties, and I guess people were just like, I had really good energy, and I would play with everyone, not knowing a soul, walking in and walking out, like everybody, was like, who the fuck was that guy? Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: (laughs) And then, so that just became more, you became more interested and more aware that you liked being in this kind of fetish and king kind of scene, right?
0: Yeah, it was it was it was quite literally. I mean, I was going from from getting into fights. I would I would go to bars and literally pick, uh, try to pick up somebody's girlfriend, not to get the girl, but just to get into a fight. Okay. So it, and that then, and, then, and then I'm now I'm, I'm I found a healthy outlet where everybody's we're all consenting adults, and I'm getting tied up and beat. And then with that, further went into me being mentored as a dominant where. I started to learn how to safely uh, tie up beat and do all sorts of different things in this community uh, as a dominant. And now I, I really don't have labels. I don't sit around and say, oh, I'm a dom or I'm a submissive or I'm this or I'm that. I'm saying, hey, let's go get a cup of coffee and see what happens.
1: Okay so originally you started out as submissive and learned the ropes so to speak and now you uh, were d- were mentored like you said to become more dominant so you can be anything without the labels you just uh, you get into the scene whatever it calls for
0: Exactly like, like whatever whatever feels right uh like I mean this past week I shot over what uh, 18 scenes this past week I mean I'm 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 tired uh, I'm sure but uh yeah like I went from you know I have this uh, female Dom, she drops off when she plays my sister and she can't figure out anybody who's as sadistic as her brother to watch over her slaves while she goes on her honeymoon. So she drops her slaves off to me and we do this film in my Airbnb where I'm just like giving her slaves a whole bunch of shit and I'm making them do, I actually was killing two birds with one stone because I got my Airbnb cleaned while I was doing that scene. <laughs>
1: okay and so what do you do let me just ask you what do you do when someone recognizes you like do people go oh my god i know you from porn have you been discriminated against have you been like a rock star or oh,
0: both oh god yeah so <laughs> so so uh college college was fun uh when i was going to college uh i uh, i had somebody walk up and you know you get these looks you can always tell the look from a distance Mm-hmm. and uh and i'm sitting here it's like you know i I got my backpack on, I'm ready to like listen to things, you know. I'm not I'm not, I'm not in like Miles striker, freaking rock star, freaking motor, just ready to, to talk about what I do, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like this kid just looks at me and goes arr, arr, Are you are you miles? <laughs> and I'm Yeah. And then he's like, oh, my God, I've seen all your – you're, like, right in the middle of the courtyard of freaking the college. I'm like, I've seen all your stuff. I'm a big fan. And I'm like ah. – <laughs> Well, I have to and say – just go
1: – Go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then there's, there's airports, uh, Vegas. Vegas is where most of it happens. And Vegas, I actually – my off time is usually actually spent uh i hang out in my hotel room i call the people over that I understand the kind of get it or in the industry we all just kind of hide in my hotel room
1: well you're doing a service so let me just say this because there's not a lot of kink and fetish porn right i mean it's growing but i think you're, you're you're engaging in in certain kinds of things that people uh are can't find real fast on online so it's probably very appreciative for somebody to say oh my god you're fulfilling a fantasy that i can't find very easily on the internet isn't that true
0: yeah, well, well, that's actually the, the the big fun behind it. Like, uh, like, like I don't, I mean, I mean, one of the biggest misconceptions is that we make a lot of money. Because <laughs> mm. We don't, we don't make much money at all. Uh, but you got to figure out that that this becomes a lifestyle. This becomes your life. And uh, the thing is, is my my favorite part is is like you know I, I sit there and I think about all these different fetishes that I do, and I take the time to study them. I take time to understand them. <laughs> Because a lot of the things is, is like I put forth the effort that I want put forth towards my fetishes if somebody were to do mine for theirs. And uh, my own personal enjoyment in this is to know that there's these people out here that have these lives and they have these little things that they hide because I don't care who you are. We all got fetishes. We all got secrets. We all, and they share those with me. I get to know these people on a much more personal, deeper level. And then they trust me with them that when they have that alone time, when they have that moment to just say, all right, screw the world, screw all my problems, screw all that. I'm going to sit here and have me time with my own weirdness and have fun with it. Like, that's that moment that they're watching me. So that's that moment that I don't want to screw up for them on right. this uh, personal enjoyment to uh, be able to, to, to provide that.
1: Well, my favorite line that fits right so well uh, here that you say is that we're not making love, we're making movies. Oh, my God. I just love that. That's your quote. And that's re- you really put a lot of effort into being an actor and making the movie to satisfy the, the consumers that are watching this, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's what it's all about. It's not about us. It's like the biggest thing I, I try to tell people. Uh, if you come in, if you come into this industry, and uh, you think that the, you're like I get all the time, oh, you get to you get to have sex with hot women. You get it's, 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 I, I don't even remember the, half the women. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember where the camera was. I remember what the lines were. I remember what attitude I need to have. I remember what, what, what person do I need to become to sell this? Because you're not making love to each other. You're making love to the camera. You're making a movie. You're making, you know, and that line actually came from Fetcon. What a year ago or two years ago, um, there was a kid who was brand new and he came, he he came and talked to me and he was like, "Oh my god, I had this like really really good scene and this beautiful hot women and and we had such a connection on camera and then, and then now we're off camera and she's like." Thinking I'm a creep and stuff because I keep on like saying, "Hey, we should go on a date," and I'm like, "Dude, I'm not making love or making movies." Man. <laughs> I love it. But, like all that was fake.
1: It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Um, so let me just ask you. So you so you say the difference between gay porn and gay humiliation, and you're a straight actor who's doing this um, these scenes, and you do doing with women too. Can you talk about the differences and 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 what the difference is when you're doing it with women and men and all
0: that? Well the biggest thing is this, is that so I did uh when I first got in this industry, I was a straight I was trying to get into straight porn, you know? Um I because, mean, I mean I'm I'm straight, but I have no I have no problems with anybody and what they're into or anything like that. But uh uh I was trying to get into straight porn and I didn't have like I said, I didn't have that, that, that girlfriend or anybody to really get me in. So what happened was was I did all the stuff that no straight performer wants to do. Uh, You know, I uh, got fucked with strap-ons. I did all sorts. of. I mainly just did all the submissive stuff. But I purposely was out of shape, didn't have a beard, none like that because I knew that I was going to switch from submissive miles to in your face striker. And uh, Mm. so uh, basically when I started to study the femdom aspect, and really, really look at it.
1: Wait, wait. What's, uh, tell, and, people won't know what femdom uh, means. What is femdom? Oh,
0: femdom, femdom is female domination. So I was getting dominated by females and, uh, and when I first started. And <clears throat> I started to really study it and look at it because, you know, as a business, I don't want people leaving my website. You know, I want people to stay with me. So when you're doing femdom, you're, you're basically a prop. So people would watch my femdom scenes, then they follow the woman to her website because it's that's that's side. So men are obviously going to follow to the woman's website. So I was like, how do I get these men to stay on my website? Well, in female domination, straight men love being denied by women. So why wouldn't gay men want to be denied by a straight man?
1: This is brilliant. This is brilliant. It's true. And so, so, so then what? So then you started making those kind of movies.
0: Yeah. So, so basically I went into, uh, I just started making uh, videos. I, it was, it was a year in the making of just making these videos where I would just light up a cigarette. I grew out my beard. I got in shape. I, uh, started, I would light up a cigarette and just sit back and tell men how much they couldn't have me.
1: Right. So that's what you mean. go ahead.
0: Well, well, the thing is, so so when, now when it came to, there was already gay porn stars doing this. And I ended up pretty much taking, like, their entire clientele because uh, there's already gay porn stars doing it. But the only difference was, was they were obtainable because they could go and look up gay porn scenes that they were in.
1: Right, and you don't have any of that.
0: Exactly. So I've never done gay porn. So the thing is, is that now I'm appealing to a gay audience. But the only scenes that they can find me in are straight porn, which now I've actually got gay gay uh, gay men watching my straight porn scenes right. as much as anywhere, as, as just as much as straight men would watch them.
1: Now, you know, a lot of people would say, because I've written a lot about this, like you're, you're coming to life right from my book when I say that straight men um, for, will engage in sexual turn-ons for other people through money, through getting, you know, acting, through porn. So really, people would say, though, no, he's not straight. If he's doing this, he's really gay. What do you say to that?
0: Um, when well, I say that, I was one of the videos and then booked me up. Why don't you Google me? Because uh, guess what? I can make a lot more money doing gay porn. Mm -hmm. So if I was really gay, why wouldn't I be doing it?
1: Right. Okay. So you don't make as much money doing these other things.
0: Oh, no. I wouldn't say that now.
1: Okay. It's gotten better.
0: (laughs) Now, now, now it's gotten to a point where the more I am not gay, the more I don't do gay porn, the the more money I'm going to make. I see. Because like I said, there's no way that I am obtainable to these men. Right. But the fact that I give them enough attention to talk to them, give them enough attention to act like I have one video where I do have a, I have a, a a man worshiping my feet and what it is is he's begging, he's pleading, begging and pleading for me to let him uh, suck my dick and how the video ends is Is I end up stopping I look him dead in the face and I say that's the closest you're ever going to get to anything with me and I spit in his face and it became one of the number one uh, male foot worship videos for three months in a row
1: Right, so this is something that in real life for gay men and even maybe bisexual men is very painful and horrifying to have happen, but erotically, being able to play with it through a porn scene and through even a scene with somebody live, it's very exciting for them, and that's it's
0: different. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm
1: sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I just want to say it's different.
0: Yeah, well, what it is is this, is that this is is what you got to understand when it comes to uh, creating these scenes is... This is fantasy land. Yes. And that's the biggest thing. Why, why do we want to pay for something in fantasy land and have it be the way things are in real life? I mean, when I, uh, when I first started doing this, you know, I saying, saying, uh, you know, saying the word faggot. Okay. I never liked that word. Never liked it. uh, and I won't lie, there's a couple times where I'd have to look in the mirror and be like, okay, we don't we don't really think like this, you know? <laughs> like, right. this isn't us, you know? And uh, But the more you say it, that's a trigger word. It's the fact that it's so taboo. Yes. You know? It's, it, 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 it's a word that uh, you wouldn't really be called on the streets unless it's in a very, very derogatory way, but now I'm taking that word, and I'm taking all these things, and I'm taking childhood traumas. I'm taking things that... You know, I, I found that a lot of my fan base—they got made fun of in high school. Well, I'm also using that, right. and because uh, they've the eroticized it. The, what was that?
1: Yeah, because they've eroticized it. Now they want to play with that, and and now exactly. they're in control, right?
0: Then, yeah, you're, it's it, you're taking a childhood trauma and you're turning something positive into it, and you're making it fucking sexual, and you're making it fun, and you're making it to where it's like, you know what? Okay, that happened to me. That was my past. That sucked, but. Now, why look at it as? Oh my God! Let's let's sit here and live in our past and be like, oh, well, this sucked. This sucks. fuck, man. Let's let's jerk off to it.
1: Um, And what I love about the way you're talking about your roles, is like an actor, you're listening to an actor and they have to play roles and say horrible things to people and do horrible things in their movies that are not porn, right? In mainstream movies. And so why would it be any different for you? I, I really appreciate you explaining that in a character actor way rather than, you know, I'm just being who I am and this is how I live and I really believe in faggot. That's not who you are.
0: No, no, not at all. They actually, uh, I get all the time uh, when, when, when I do get mad, when you we talked about earlier, uh, people there. I, I see the look, and some of them are too afraid to approach me. And then it's like finally, I'll, I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, I, I, I already see the look. You know, like, oh well. And then we talk, and I'm like, oh my god, you are so much nicer than I ever thought you'd be. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you ain't paid me yet.
1: <laughs> right. Once the money's in your hand, then you can play the role.
0: Yeah, now I can be mean.
1: Do you ever feel <laughs> Do you ever feel badly? You ever walk away thinking, "God, I just mean that woman. I just mean that man. I just whomever's watched my webcam movie. I feel bad." Do you ever feel that way?
0: Uh, the only times I've ever felt bad was when I've had to sit down and wonder who fucked with this person's head before they talked to me. Um, because the thing is, is that I've had I've had people call up and want me to tell them to kill themselves for being gay.
1: I won't do that. Okay. You have some boundaries.
0: uh, Okay. Go ahead.
1: No, you have boundaries, right? Like, so you won't do it if they want you to talk to them about killing themselves.
0: Yes, of course not. No, what I actually do is I now will spin that. I try to spin it into to stay in their fetish, but make them feel better about themselves in it.
1: That's awesome. So, how would you do that?
0: Ah, I'm not sure exactly, but like one of the one of the best things that I ever heard, and this is actually because now I do pro doming mean live pro dom sessions across the country. Uh, There's one big thing that a lot of people don't understand is that it, it just like women, uh, ma- the the male scene too. It's like you know these pretty little non-mentored pretty little men and everything, or these pretty little women that have no idea what they're doing, go, Oh my God, I can just be pretty and I can talk mean to people and they're just going to give me money. And that's the way that they look at it. Uh, me, I'm not, I'm never taking a dime from anybody unless I knew what they're getting for it. And, uh, when, when you do this stuff, what you're doing is you're breaking a person down. And when you're breaking a person down, you got to understand them, and you got to understand their life, and you got to really, really just pay attention because you need to put them back together.
1: That's you really You know, and good. that's like
0: part of the responsibility because you you can't just break somebody down and leave them like that. Mm-hmm. So if you break a person down, then you put them back together, and really, all it is is just another form of therapy. I mean, it's the same exact thing as me coming out of the military and me realizing that I like whips, being whipped. Um, This past Sunday, I had a man because I haven't done a scene for myself in a long time, and I started to have really bad flashbacks this last year because I haven't done any scenes for myself because I've been doing all these scenes for other people on camera. So after my award show, I decided to treat myself. I had a friend who sharpened up a razor-sharp knife, and he cut me 22 times across my chest.
1: Mm. Did you enjoy that? Was that like erotic for you?
0: That's my thing. It's not erotic for me, but it's a tension release for me this is so... a lot of this stuff sometimes isn't even sexual yes, a lot of this stuff is 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 more of a mental tension release or more of taking somebody back to a trauma and then making it better by putting them back together afterwards. Yes. I mean, you know this was something with me in Iraq and adrenaline rush and everything, and this man cut me twenty two times into pieces, and I was a bloody mess and, and then through that, he just looks at me and he's like, Get your bloody ass over here and give me a hug. And it's you that's how you you end it and then you kind of talk about it and then you go through the emotions of when you're coming down from that adrenaline rush. You know, same thing with uh with, with my fans. They come down from the rush of of me saying all these things and then I can talk to them about it. One of the biggest things I got this webcam award for is actually literally me giving aftercare on webcam and just taking care of somebody and, and reminding them that, Hey, you know what? You're, you're human. You know, you're, you're a person, you got things going on. You got a life. Sometimes it's, it, it, sometimes a lot of these men, they, they're, they're, they're so held up in their holes and they're, they're so held up in their lives. And there's so much going on. There's so it, yep. just that, that moment to let the, just let the fuck go. Let me t- handle it. Let me, let me tell you all the freaking things that would just drive you freaking crazy and insane. But then again, you're now letting go of everything, and the only thing you've got to worry about is my voice for that moment. And now, when we're done, everything's over. Let's talk about how we can put you back together and make you stronger to handle your life in a much more, uh, Constructive way.
1: So so let me uh, interrupt you because of time. I, I, we may even want to have you back if you're willing to another time because what you just said was important and people don't know that some people even like to be flogged and think that they always think it's erotic, they're into it, they're going to get off on it, they're going to masturbate to it later, but what you described even about being cut is that it, it's a stress reliever. It's really similar to teenagers who, or, or anybody who's been sexually abused when they're cutting um, or even piercings can be a uh, stress relief. And I think p- when people hear that, I think they'd be shocked and and mortified. Like, why would he do this? But you're doing it with a, another adult consensually and you're safely. And it's, it's a stress relief for you. Isn't that right?
0: Exactly. Yes. You know, like I've written articles on how to have safe, intense, rough sex. And it's like, so this man who caught me, uh, I found it to be like the most sweetest thing in the world that he spent an entire day sharpening a knife till his razor sharp, because he knows me as a porn star, I can't have scars.
1: Yeah. So he knew what and he was doing. And the only
0: way to get caught, to not have scars, is to have a razor knife.
1: So um, this is going to definitely demand another podcast. I hope you might come back. Will you promote whatever you want to promote here? Like, where can people find you? Twitter, where? All
0: right. So you can find me on Twitter, at Miles Stryker. M-I-L-E-S-S-T-R-I-K-E-R. M-I-L-E-S-S-T-R-I-K-E-R. Um, you can find my crazy, just all sorts of fetishes all over the place at milesstriker.com. Uh, you can find the gay humiliation that I do at straightgayhumiliation.com. And coming soon, this is my, one of my favorite things. Coming soon, we're working on American Fetish com, where uh, it's going to be a spin off of American Horror Story. Where I like the first episode is a cooking show with me, and it backs out, and I have a woman basically tied up like a thanksgiving turkey and it's we're really trying to push the envelope with it
1: that's awesome you're doing so much stuff you're one of the smartest people i know in this field and i love talking to you and uh, i hope we can do this again miles i'd love it
0: oh definitely thank you so much for having me
1: okay thank you take care yep bye all right bye Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's J O E K O R T.com. See you next time.